your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 19th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always, finishing off the week really, really strong. You can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. And of course, you could always use the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. This has been a really, really busy week. Got a ton of stuff to get to. If you thought Wednesday was a very active day for the Raiders and free agency, well, Thursday was no different. Tons of stuff to get to, and we will do that all on today's show. Before we get into what's coming up on today's show and all that good stuff, I wanted to give you a quick update on Obi-Wan Raider out of Spring, Texas. Of course, he's our family member, uh, Locked On Raiders podcast, and of course, member of Raider Nation. And you know he's been in uh, in the hospital in ICU, and his, his wife has been giving us updates daily on what's going on with him. So she sent me a message saying, hey Q, just a quick update on Obi. Today he did a little better with his seizures. He didn't have as many as the doctor's changed his medications. I know it might not be a big update, but it's a start, and I'll continue to thank God for it. He had some more tests ran today, so hopefully I get the results tomorrow morning. I'm still trusting and believing that God is going to heal him. Thank you for your continued prayers and support, uh, and you can find her on Twitter. If you're looking for her, it's Mr. Mrs. Jordan 2. That's her Twitter name, at Mr. Mrs. Jordan 2. Uh, she actually has a GoFundMe page set up as well. I know a lot of Raider Nation has has donated, and so uh, continue to do that. Continue to keep them in your prayers. Uh, again, man, he's a father of eight, of course, a husband, and uh, been with his wife for a very, very long time and just hate to see anyone going through anything. So uh, that's a little bit of an update update on uh, Obi-Wan Raider on how he's doing. But uh, yeah, go ahead and check her out. Maybe send her a nice message if you are on Twitter at, uh, at Mr. Mrs. Jordan, the number two. So coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Got a lot of messages and texts that I want to try to get to. So we'll do that coming up in segment number three. And then segment number two, uh, going to talk about the running back rotation as the Raiders made some moves when it comes to the running back position on Thursday. So we'll talk about that in segment number one, but then we'll talk about the actual running back rotation and how it's going to shape up for the 2021 season and how I think that they'll use their running backs in the 2021 season. And really, my guy Aaron, a big-time Raider fan, uh, he tweeted at me, at Aaron Raiders fan, and uh, it's funny because he had sent me a message talking about the running back position, and then all of a sudden they go and make some moves on Thursday. So perfect timing. I'll read you that tweet. And I'll give you my thoughts on the running back position coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes of the day, as I always do. And please believe, Raider Nation, there's a ton of news and notes to get to. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So the biggest piece of news that came out on Thursday around the silver and black has to do with the running back position and the fact that the Raiders signed running back Kenyon Drake. Now, he used to be a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Originally, he was a member of the Miami Dolphins, but the Cardinals made a move for him, uh, kept him around. He had a nice season last year, and now he's a member of the silver and black. Uh, they bring him in on a two-year deal worth up to 14 and a half million dollars. Kenyon Drake in 2020 played 15 games, had 239 carries, 955 yards, and 10 touchdowns. He also caught the ball 25 times for 137 yards out of the backfield. So uh, it's not a 
compliment to Josh Jacobs. It's more like, you know, Josh Jacobs is running back 1A, and Kenyon Drake is going to be running back 1B. A really, really good addition as far as I'm concerned. I know a lot of people looked at the money and said, wait a minute, two years, $14.5 million. Now it could be worth up to $14.5 million. And everyone thought that that's a little bit rich. I mean, Kenyon Drake's a 27-year-old running back, but at the same time, man, I think that he's a dynamic player, and it gives you a really, really good one-two punch as far as the Raiders go. And with that being said, don't think that the Raiders need to dip into the draft and even address the running back position with Kenyon Drake in the mix. So, uh, yeah, Kenyon Drake, two-year deal worth up to $14.5 million. More of that conversation will come up in segment number two. Also, this guy will be involved in segment number two's conversation as well, and that's running back Theo Riddick. He signs a one-year deal to return to the Raiders, and it's a one-year deal that includes $50,000 guaranteed. Uh, not a really a big deal. He didn't do a whole lot for the silver and black in uh, 2020. Matter of fact, he was used very, very sparingly. If anything, he was more of a, a guy that they saw on special teams, but he played in four games, had six carries for 14 yards, uh, in his career, he's never had more than 92 carries in a season. That was in 2016 with the Lions. Uh, he also had, in 2020, five catches, 43 yards. Uh, and he has 290 career catches, 2,281 career yards, 14 TDs. Uh, the, his biggest season was in 2015 where he had 80 catches, 697 yards, and three touchdowns. All that with the Lions. But I'll, I'll explain more of what his role should be with the silver and black, and we'll do that in segment number two as well. And I got to keep moving through this because there's a lot to get to. How about... Tight end Derek Carrier, he resigns with the Raiders. They bring him back on a one-year deal. This is going to be his fourth season with the Silver and Black, so he's back. And again, if you're noticing a trend on all these contracts that they're doling out, man, it's all one-year deals or two-year deals. It's one year, two-year. It's not a, it's not anything major. You know, no four-year deal, five-year deals. It's all one- or two-year deals, which is just smart. Exactly what they should be doing. Getting the, the cheaper deals, getting some veterans, but getting veterans that can still play. No guys that are like over the hill and don't have anything left in the tank. They also signed another guy from outside the building. That's center Nick Martin. He was formerly of the Houston Texans. They released him earlier this offseason. He signed a deal with the Raiders. He's actually started 62 games in Houston. He's 27 years old. He was a second round pick in the 2016 NFL draft. And uh, I know a lot of people said, oh, okay, he's going to be the guy that's going to fill in or take over for Rodney Hudson. No, not necessarily. He wasn't that great in Houston. I think all he's going to do is provide some competition and some depth. More importantly, some depth for Andre James. I believe Andre James will still be the starting center, and uh, this guy, Nick Martin, he will be behind him. Now, his brother, Zach Martin, who plays with the, the Cowboys, now that's a hell of an offensive lineman. Nick Martin is not on that level, but he can, you know, fill in if he has to, and they, of course, need to have some depth as far as the offensive line goes. So I think that they'll have a competition in training camp. Nick Martin will not win that. If everything goes the way the Raiders want it to go, it'll be Andre James starting, and then Nick Martin will be the backup. Uh, also, I got an update on Marcus Mariota. Apparently, he's been asked to make a decision. The Raiders have said that they want to restructure his deal, so it, it takes him from $10.75 million this year to basically $3 million this year. They want him to take a major major, major, massive pay cut from 10.7 to $3 million. And if he refuses, the team's going to move on, which basically means they're going to at least try to trade him, but more likely will end up just releasing him. So uh, yeah, that, expect that to come down in the next day or so. It might even come down a little bit later on today. He's got to make a decision if he wants to stick around with the Raiders at about $3 million, or he wants to go somewhere else and hope that he can get a deal. So I think the Raiders are trying to hold out and try to hold out with him a little bit longer and not, not release him yet because there's still teams that'd be interested in him. The longer they hold on to him, the better chance he has of sticking around at that $3 million rate than it is to go out there and get a, a starting job. So we'll see what happens, but expect something to happen pretty soon 
when it comes to Marcus Mariota. I have updates as well on players that used to be with the Silver and Black that are now signing with other teams. I mentioned on Thursday's show that I saw Eric Harris and his agent, uh, Nicole Lynn, put out some tweets with eyeballs. And so I said, oh, man, I think Eric Harris is about to sign somewhere. And I didn't know if it was going to be with the Silver and Black or with another team. Well, he uh, actually announced on Thursday that he signed a one-year deal with the Falcons. And then he put out a cool tweet uh, and thanking Raider Nation and thanking the Raiders for taking a chance on him. It was really, really cool. So a very class act from Eric Harris, basically saying he was a, a D2 walk-on. Uh, he worked at a potato chip factory and a UPS worker. He was a CFL player. Uh, he had a, a, got a shot in the NFL. He tore his ACL and both meniscus. And then nobody took a shot on him except for the Raiders. They believed in him. And uh, they, he always appreciates that. You know, he, he shouted out the coaches, the strength coaches, equipment staff, athletic trainers, player engagement, media, everyone. He just he basically shouted at everyone and then uh, said, lastly, thank you Raider Nation for always supporting me and my family and welcoming us with open arms. I truly respect the commitment and loyalty to the Silver and Black. Raider Nation, you guys are amazing. And so anyway, that was from Eric Harris. Then later on on Thursday evening, found out that former Raider, I would say safety, but he really never played safety, uh, slot corner LaMarcus Joyner, he agreed to a one-year deal with the Jets. So Eric Harris takes a one-year deal with the Falcons. LaMarcus Joyner signs a one-year deal with the Jets that's worth up to about $4.5 million. And they're saying that they're going to play him as... Well, a free safety. And they said his specialty with the Rams, something he didn't get to play with the silver and black. So LaMarcus Joyner is with the Jets. Eric Harris is with the Falcons. New Raider Solomon Thomas, who was with the San Francisco 49ers, but agreed to a one-year deal with the Raiders on a Wednesday, uh, was telling Sirius XM NFL Radio that he was going to fly to Vegas on Thursday night, meet with the coaches today, says he's excited for the, uh, for the opportunity, said that the Raiders' defensive line is great. They're going to get after the quarterback. Said he watched a lot of Raider film from last year and is excited to get with the team. Uh, he said he's getting started and is ready to roll. So Solomon Thomas, he was out a lot last year with the 49ers because he tore his ACL, is excited to get an opportunity to be with the Silver and Black, and he's meeting with the Raiders' defensive coaches today, as a matter of fact, to get everything started. So at least a guy, you know, a lot of times people say, well, go out and get guys that want to be Raiders. Well, Solomon Thomas sounds like he wants to be a Raider, so that's that's a good thing. And my final note doesn't have anything to do with the silver and black, doesn't have anything to do with the Raiders, is actually about Bears defensive lineman Akeem Hicks. Apparently, the Bears have given him permission to seek a trade. He's in the final year of his deal. He's owed just over $10 million for 2021. He played in 15 games in 2020, 49 tackles, three and a half sacks, a fumble recovery, and a pass defense. He is 31 years old, and he wants a new t contract if he does get traded. So, there's that, you know, I mean, I don't know uh, if the Raiders would be interested in him or not, but he is a really good run stuffer. He can also generate a pass rush uh, as proven by the three and a half sacks that he had in 2020 in 15 games. Again, he's 31 years old, so maybe the Raiders would look at him and, and make a trade for him, but then they'd have to give him a contract extension. And at 31 years old, I probably wouldn't be more comfortable with the Raiders giving him anything more than like a two year deal, maybe three year deal max. And I don't think that that's the kind of deal he's looking for. I think he's looking for a big money payday. So don't think that that's going to happen. I've had a few people here me up and say, hey, that's who the Raiders need on their defensive line. And yeah, it would be great. In theory, it'd be great to have Akeem Hicks, but just don't think that the Raiders want to give up some draft capital and give him a contract extension. But you never know. He's out there on the market, and apparently the Bears have given him an opportunity to uh, seek a trade. So we'll see what happens with that. That's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk all things running backs, as there's been a couple new additions, or at least one new addition from outside the building. But I think that the running back position is going to look a lot different for the silver and black in 2021. I'll tell you all about that coming up 
in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, and March Madness is upon us. It is going down. And I know, man, I know Thursday there was playing games, but today is the granddaddy, the first day of the NCAA tournament. Very excited about that. And not only that, a lot of folks get their gamble on right now. Betonline.ag can help you do that. It is your online sportsbook expert. It has everything covered. College hoops. NBA. It's got baseball covered. I mean, April 1st is opening day. Excited about that. Of course, the UFC, they always have a bunch of cards over the weekend. I mean, there's all kind of different sports that you can get your gamble on with. BetOnline.ag is the place to do it and get you hooked up. All you got to do is open up a free account today at BetOnline.ag. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. So, for example, if you put $200 in, you'll get an extra $100 to play with as well. So therefore, you'll have $300. If you put, say, $300 in, then you'll have an extra $150. So then you'll have $400. Either way, man, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. All you got to do when you go to betonline.ag and open up your account is use the promo code Locked on. Don't forget the promo code. If you forget the promo code, you're not going to get the extra money. And everyone wants to get the extra money. So make sure you do it. If you're looking for them on social media, you can find them at betonline underscore AG. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Again, they're your online sportsbook experts. Betonline.ag, the one place that has you covered. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday. Want to talk about the running back rotation and how the addition of Kenyon Drake, how he fits in. My thoughts on it, I told you in segment number one, I was pretty excited about the addition of, of Drake. But it's so funny, man, is that my guy, Aaron, who hit me up on Twitter early on, on, on Thursday and was and he tweeted me. He sent me a direct message and said, Q. Uh, I think it's time to do a show about running backs. I know they probably are not going to extend Jacobs because he's a running back, so that opens the door for a possible first-round pick. I know that might be crazy, but if the kid from Bama or Clemson's available, they might look at that. Again, that's from Aaron. You can find him on Twitter at Aaron Raiders Fan. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll talk about it at some point. I didn't think I was going to be talking about it the next day. And the reason why is because I thought we were going to talk about Josh Jacobs and then possible guys in the draft like a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne. That's where I thought I was going to go with it. And then all of a sudden the news came out that the Raiders signed Kenyon Drake. And I was it caught my attention. I was getting ready to go to work and, uh, and do my radio show on Fox Sports Central Texas. And all of a sudden it was like, boom. Kenyon Drake, two-year deal, worth up to $14.5 million. I was like, whoa, okay, hold up, swallow him up. Now you're cooking with grease. So I immediately got excited about that, and I just kind of thought about it, you know, and I did a, a little locked on now because I hear on the podcast network what we do whenever this comes some breaking news. We just do a quick, like, one-minute video. So I thought about it for a few seconds, and boom, knocked out a video and talked about it. And so I just kind of want to expand on that here. You know, of course, Josh Jacobs is the guy that was drafted in the first round just a couple seasons ago, has had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, 2020, 15 games he played, 273 attempts, 1,065 yards, 12 touchdowns. He also caught the ball 33 times and had 238 yards receiving. I'll tell you, man, Kenyon Drake just about did the same thing for the Arizona Cardinals in 2020. He played in 15 games, had 239 attempts, 955 yards, and 10 TDs, and then he had 25 catches for 137 yards. I mean, you really have two guys that can do exactly the same thing. 
You know, and, and Kenyon Drake can catch the rock out of the backfield. He's not going to be a guy that's going to load it up and, and catch, you know, 60 or 70 passes. But Josh Jacobs can catch, you know, 30-something like he did in 2020. Kenyon Drake, he can probably catch around 30 as well. But I'm telling you, something I've been talking about quite a bit when it comes to the running back position is you've got to have a really good complement to Josh Jacobs. And that's why I was even talking about a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne. When Jacobs goes out of the game, you don't miss a beat. And I know Devontae Booker did a pretty decent job in 2020 for the Raiders. And I thought that he, you know, filled in well. But he still, there was still a drop-off. You could tell there was still a drop-off when Jacobs wasn't in the game. And then you could tell towards the end of the season, Jacobs was getting worn out as well. So, I mean, you look at those numbers and those attempts and those yards. I mean, man, Kenyon Drake is 45 yards shy of 1,000 yards. And he had 10 touchdowns. Jacobs had 12 touchdowns. Imagine this, Raider Nation. Remember when the Raiders in 2020 in the draft went and got Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky in round three, and they wanted him to be, and he was a he was a quarterback and a slot wide receiver in college, but they wanted to convert him to running back, and they were going to be the joker. Remember John Gruden said he was going to be his joker position? That's also what Kenyon Drake supplies. He could be that joker. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. There's a lot of different things that he can do out of the backfield. That's why Cliff Kingsbury really, really liked him in Arizona in that offense to the point where they were willing to trade off David Johnson, who I know was injured, but uh, David Johnson was a big-time running back in the league for a minute, and like I said, if it wasn't for injuries, you know, probably still would be a a big-time running back, but they were willing to trade him and keep Kenyon Drake, even put a restricted tag on him last season because he's a much more dynamic player. Like, he was able to do so many different things in that offense. So, yeah, when John Gruden said that he wanted Lynn Bowden Jr. to be his joker, you know, he wanted him to do multiple things, imagine that for Kenyon Drake. And you know what John Gruden wants to do. Now, of course, the offensive line is still going to be a question because, well, Trent Brown is gone. Gabe Jackson is gone. Rodney Hudson is gone. You know, so you know you have Colton Miller. You know you have Richie Incognito in the fold. Denzel Good is back. You know you have that. Andre James is going to get to start at the center position most likely. And what are you going to do at the right tackle position? So just assuming that the offensive line is going to be fine, assuming Tom Cable is going to get them right, you're going to see a heavy dose of the run game. I mean, a real heavy dose of the run game, and it's going to keep these guys, both of these guys, fresh. Josh Jacobs has not proven that he could play a whole season yet without going out. I mean, he, he played in 15 games in 2020, and I think 13 games in 2019. So he hasn't proven that he could play a full 16. And Kenyon Drake, he's kind of in the same boat as well. 15 games he had in 2020. So if you combine those two guys and you just give them equal reps, none of them are going to be carrying the rock 25, 30 times a game. But they can still get up to about 30 carries a game between the two of them. And again, if Jacob's in the in the game, boom, you got running back 1A. If Kenny Drake's in the game, you got running back 1B. You never have a drop-off, and that's the biggest key. You've got to be able to keep that, that position solidified because that is the bread and butter of the Raiders. They've got to establish the run. When they start struggling offensively is when they can't run the ball on, on, on downs that they know that they have to run the ball. When everyone in the stadium knows you have to run the ball and pick up a third and one or a third and two, and they weren't able to do it, and there was multiple games where you saw Josh Jacobs try to bounce it outside and gets dropped for a loss or or just isn't able to pick up the first down, and then they have to punt. Uh, I think that happened in the Atlanta Falcons game, early in the Atlanta Falcons game, as a matter of fact, and that kind of felt like it set the tone for the game. Now, quickly, it rolled downhill, but that kind of set the tone for the game. When they weren't able to pick up that third down, and I think even maybe a fourth down, it was like, whoa, what in the world's going on? You know, And so they've got to be able to consistently run the rock. Uh, both of these guys are Alabama guys. Both of these guys are really good friends, so it's not like they're going to be looking at each other uh, side-eyed or anything, but I think both will push each other. I think they both had the same skill set, and you could tell by the way that their teams used them in 2020 that 
They can carry the rock about 200-something times a, a season and get you just about 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns. I mean, 12 TDs for Jacobs in 2020 was great. And 10 for Kenyon Drake, that's great as well. You know, you can get 20 touchdowns out of your running back position. I mean, this is one of those situations where you might see two running backs. And look, don't say it's not crazy, or don't say it's crazy. Two running backs go over 1,000 yards. You could possibly see that with the Raiders in 2021. And the reason I say that is if you go back and look at the Baltimore Ravens, they did it, and one of their running backs was the quarterback in, in Lamar Jackson. And then they had a running back pick up 1,000 yards. You know, So, I mean, they you could do it. There's enough carries to get – a thousand yards, both guys, but you're also keeping them fresh as well. So I, I and I think that you'll start to see bigger runs from Josh Jacobs. He never had any real big explosive runs in 2020. I think if he's a little bit fresher towards the end of games when defensive lines are starting to get worn down a little bit, you'll start to see him break a little bit longer runs. He's never going to be mistaken for a burner, but he's a guy that can still get you a big, big chunk yards, 25, 30 yard carries. Kenyon Drake could do the same thing. Both guys. They have good hands. They're not going to be great receivers out of the backfield. And, and like I said, they're not going to get, uh, you know, 60 catches and, and, and go for 800 yards. Or something. You know, they're not going to do that. But they can get it done. They can catch the ball and pick up first downs and extend the, extend the drives like you want them to do. Now, you look at Theo Riddick. He's not, he didn't really do a whole lot for the Raiders in, uh, in 2020. He only played in four games and had six attempts for 14 yards. And in his career, he's never had more than 92 carries in a season. And that was in 2016 with the Lions. But he catches the ball really, really well out of the backfield. I mean, he does. In 2015, he had 80 catches for 697 yards and three touchdowns. So I think this guy will be a guy that you see a lot on special teams. But he also could come into the game. He can block really well. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield and pick up some, some chunk yards. You know, he has really, really good hands. So so if they're able to put him into the mix, then all of a sudden you got you a, a nice three-headed monster. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, obviously that's 1A and 1B. And then Theo Riddick, nice third down back. You know, he could be a third down back, uh, maybe pick up some tough yards, some, some of those, uh, you know, ugly fourth and one carries up the middle. Oh, and by the way, you still have fullback Alec Engel that could be sprinkled in the mix as well. At some point in 2020, it just got too predictable when he was going to get the rock, and so he wasn't able to pick up those fourth and ones on that fullback dive that John Gruden loves to run so much. I mean, you've got to be able to, to mix it up. Now you have, you know, a plethora of backs, Jacobs, Drake, Riddick. You got uh, Alec Ingold. I think that this means that that uh, the time for Jalen Richard is done. I think his Raider time is up. I think he'll be released pretty soon. And that shouldn't be anything that comes as a surprise. I mean, you've upgraded in a major way with Jacobs and Drake. And then Riddick, like I said, he'll be a guy who spends a lot of time on special teams. But you can see him in the game as well, especially receiving the ball and uh, just being able to run after the catch and uh, you know pick up some dirty yards here and there. And then, of course, Alec Ingold. So I like what you got going on here. It's not quite Charlie Garner, Tyrone Wheatley, and Zach Crockett like back in the day. But, I mean, still, you've got a nice plethora of running backs, guys that can get it done, guys that are still uh, a good age, uh, so they still have plenty of tread on the tires. And, again, if you use a rotation of Jacobs and Drake, you're not missing a beat. No matter which one of those two dudes are in the game, I feel like that you have an opportunity to pick up some really, really good yards. I think both of these guys are going to push each other. Uh, this is a good opportunity for the Raiders as long as that offensive line is straight. And that's going to be the biggest key. As long as that offensive line is straight, they're going to be able to do some really good damage on the ground for the 
silver and black. I mean, they're really, really going to be able to put their will on them and especially be able to close out games by running the rock. You know what I mean? And that's something that John Gruden wants to do. He wants to take the air out of the games. I know a lot of people say, hey, just step on the gas and keep going, keep going, keep scoring as much as possible. Yeah, you want to do that, but you also want to be able to run the ball whenever everyone in the stadium knows that you've got to run the ball. You know, when you've got to pick up that third and one, that fourth and one, and you know, hey, here it comes. Jacobs is going to get the ball. Drake's going to get the ball. That offensive line's got to be able to get the push, and the running back's got to be able to hit that hole, put their foot in the ground, hit the hole, and go and pick up that yard real quick. None of that dancing, none of that bouncing to the outside. Just put your foot in the dirt and go. I I cannot stand when you got to go one yard and you try to run nine yards to get one. You just got to put your foot in the dirt and go. I think Kenyon Drake is a great addition to the Raiders' running back room. I know some people will look at the, the money that they're spending and say, what would you do that for? He's a running back. Why would you give up that money when you can go into the draft and get a guy? Hey, look, you know, they've been there, done that, tried to get it done in the draft last year, like I mentioned before with Lynn Bowden Jr. It didn't work out. They said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go with a veteran that we know he can do what he can do. So now Kenyon Drake is a part of the mix. Josh Jacobs, I know that they're thrilled again both Alabama guys they both went to the University of Alabama and they're really really good friends so I'm very excited about the way that these two are going to be in the backfield two-headed monsters not quite the exact same as Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt in Cleveland but still you can see when those guys if Kareem Hunt's in the game he's running back one if Nick Chubb's in the game he's running back one that's the same kind of ability that Jacobs and Kenyon Drake are going to have I'm excited about that you sprinkle in Riddick and of course Alec Ingold is still there and I think the Raiders run game is a lot better I think it produces a lot better in 2021 as long as that offensive line is solid as long as that offensive line steps up and holds their end of the bargain down the running game for the Raiders in 2021 is going to be a lot better in my opinion than it was just a year ago so that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast always love to hear from you at 707-654-4693 that's the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line your calls and texts are coming up next in segment number three before I get into that though I want to continue to tell you about Built Bar and the March Madness that is going on with Built Bar. Of course, I've been telling you about just the bars itself forever. Great tasting protein bar, you know, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They're great for the keto diet, and they're just great tasting, right? 100% covered in chocolate. They have so many great flavors, and that's that's the thing right there, man. All the great flavors are going up against each other. It is a big-time competition, March Madness style. Today's bars that are competing with each other in the sweetest 16 round, Caramel Brownie versus Double Chocolate. Again, it's the sweetest 16 round. The winner's going to move on to the enticing eight to take on the winner of Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Lemon Almond Cheesecake. So if you want to get your vote on, you want to be a part of the competition, BuiltBar.com is the website. Of course, you can hit them up on Twitter as well, at Bar underscore Built, and uh, place your vote. Either way you look at it, man, BuiltBar.com is the way to go. Check it out on the website. You can see who's also winning the competition, and then you can also place another order for some more Built Bars. And uh, when you do, use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off just like that. Again, LOCKED15 is the promo code at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's start things off with T3 Raider Facts. He's calling in with his five quick hits of the day, talking some Rodney Hudson, of course, Andre James, this upcoming draft, and the offensive line and the defensive line. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts, five quick hits of the day. This is T3 
three Raider facts for my five quick hits of the day. Number one, well, Q, you knew I had to chime in on Rodney Hudson. Nearly two years ago, I started making calls to the podcast, and part of my call on the daily was the now famous or infamous hashtag PayRodneyHudson. Well, the Raiders finally did by the end of that summer, and the Raiders locked up arguably the best center in the game. Number two, over the past two seasons, Rodney Hudson has been dependable and the rock of that offensive line. The fallout seemed pretty sudden and pretty dark, and we may never know the whole story. But as angry as I was at the Raiders to see Hudson dealt to another team, if it was inevitable, then I need to credit Mayock with at least getting back a third-round pick. Gruden, I think, just lets him walk. Number three, I'd hope this would be the year Andre James would step up. Well, it looks like now that the young man has no choice. He has to step up. He's got some awfully big shoes to fill, but if he just plays his game and plays steady, things will be all right. My hope is that he's able to weather the comparisons, because you know people within Raider Nation and the national media are going to be mentioning his name and Hudson's together all year long. Number four, speaking of comparisons, I've been outspoken about the fact that I don't think the new Gruden is nearly as good as the old Gruden. I think he takes way too many chances as a talent evaluator. This coming draft needs to be focused, needs to be solid, and it has to bring in guys who are what they are, not projects that Gruden is going to try and tamper with. Number five, O-line and D-line. You hear talk all the time about building a team with the guys up front, the big uglies. Well, O-line and D-line have to be the first two targets of this draft. In the first round, you have to come away with either Slater or Jenkins for the O-line or Barmore for the D-line. Then stay with that formula in round two. That means you have to get a free safety through free agency. Two words, Richard Sherman. All right, Raider Nation, it's time for a new hashtag, so here it goes. The Raiders need to return to toughness and become vilified once again, so it's time for hashtag Vegas Villains. I kind of like that, because to be a true villain, you got to be pretty passionate, and you know passion always outlives fashion. There he goes, T3 Raider facts right there, and I'll tell you, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, man, you were the first person I thought of when I heard the Rodney Hudson news. I thought, oh, man, T3 is going to be a mess. He's going to be a wreck. Hashtag Pay Rodney Hudson. Anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a long time remembers that summer of hashtag Pay Rodney Hudson, and now all of a sudden it's hashtag Rodney Hudson is gone. But I do like hashtag Vegas Villains. It's kind of cool. It's a nice little motto. So thank you so much for that, T3. Appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Raider64 Impala. It says, Yo Q, this is David from Albuquerque. Been listening to your podcast for over a year. Second time calling in, texting in. I want to switch my name to Raider64 Impala. First, I want to talk about Obi-Wan Raider, man. Some terrible news. Prayers to him and his family. Loved hearing when he called into the show. Keep fighting, brother. Raider Nation has your back. We're family. Second, what do you think about John Brown? Thanks, Q. Raider 6-4 Impala out. Uh, again, that's uh, Raider 6-4 Impala, a.k.a. David from Albuquerque. Thank you so much for that text. And, yeah, John Brown is a burner. Even at 30 years old, he's still a speedster. My only issue with John Brown is he doesn't stay healthy. And, you know, when we were talking about free agency, one of the boxes I wanted to check was health you know health history and the history when it comes to john brown is he's banged up quite a bit he's a he's a smaller dude you know so he gets hit and and just gets roughed up now what i can say about that is the money that they're paying him which is next to nothing you can't really complain about that you know honestly i much rather would have seen um juju smith schuster brought in than john brown but i know one he's not a burner like brown and two he's gonna cost more money than brown so i mean i'm okay with with you know john brown just hope he can stay healthy and and that's my biggest issue with him but besides that even at 30 years old he's still a nice asset he's a good player he usually has what two or three games a season where he really really blows up and just has a monster game so hopefully the raiders are able to get the best out of him as they did to nelson Aguilar just a year ago who ends up signing a big 
one-time deal with the New England Patriots. So thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Raider Izzy. He's calling to give a shout-out to Cy Reezy from the Bay who called on Wednesday and wanted to double down on his call. Here he is, Raider Izzy. What up, Q, Raider Izzy? Um, wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Cy Reezy, um, his call um, that I just listened to today. Um, awesome, fantastic call, bro. Um, I'm, I'm obviously against the whole Rodney Hudson thing. Um, more so for the timing of it, because we're, we're saving, I think, because of the fact that we avoided this guaranteed money. Um, I think we're saving like 3.5. I haven't really had a chance to look at it. But anyway, it's, with the dead cap, it doesn't make sense to me. But um, the transition to outside outside zone is kind of exactly what I was thinking, because in theory, and I know none of us want to hear this, but in Gruden's mind, we have our, our bookend tackles in Brandon Parker and Colton Miller because, remember, we drafted Parker in the third round, and he is much better suited for his zone blocking scheme. And I don't, I'm hoping he doesn't go into the season thinking that, but in his mind that's probably what he's thinking because, granted, yeah, we made it work with Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown, and we did do a lot more inside zone than outside, but we made it work with all them. But the thing is with the outside zone, what's so intriguing about it is the fact that it costs like a fifth of the price. You know, we saw Seattle do it for years. Miami did it for years. Um, Cable's done it basically his whole career, except for the past two years, really. Um, you know, you, you can put together a line and, and pay one-fifth of the price, uh, which is all well and good. But one thing that I'm concerned about, and I've never been one to bring up this conversation because it annoys the hell out of me, but um, the car's mobility in behind a line like that is scary. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the part I'm, I'm – nervous about and I think to be honest the, the bigger issue here uh, to, to kind of step away from the line trying to keep this under three minutes um, man you know if I'm Mark Davis I'm sitting here thinking okay when I handed over the reins to Gruden we we lost out on Mac we, we totally screwed that up um, Mac didn't want to play here Amari Cooper we traded him why because he didn't want to play here um, Rodney Hudson now you know, John Feliciano. You know, we're seeing this a lot, and Gruden claims everybody wants to play here, but, man, to me, the bigger problem outside of the offensive line is I, I think we have a culture problem here. I really do. I don't think that this is an intriguing, as intriguing of a job as what he claims. But sorry for the long call, bro. Love the show as always. Later. There he goes. Raider Izzy right there. Always appreciate your call, my man. And, you know, it could be what you guys are saying as far as that full transition to the zone scheme. Now the addition to Kenyon Drake, you know, I'm just I'm not 100% sold on that. I felt like that the, the Raiders offensive line was doing a good job with the zone anyway. Um, that culture work, he's on popping up here and there. And we may never know what went on with Rodney Hudson. We may never know why guys really want to get out of there, what's going on inside the room and inside the locker room. But I mean, it is what it is. You know, obviously they got to continue to try to push forward they got to figure out what they got to do, put this roster together. And the last couple days have obviously been a lot better than it was a couple days ago when you found out that Rodney Hudson was on his way out. So things are at least looking like they're starting to put stuff together. Still, would like to see the big picture of exactly how everything is going to shake out. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you, my man. Next up, I got a text from New York Old School Raider. Yo, Q. New York's old school Raider again. First, shout out to Obi-Wan Raider and his family. Keeping y'all in our prayers. Raider Nation has nothing but love for you. Second, Mayock and Gruden have a plan. We got draft picks for Brown, Hudson, and Jackson. We kept our own. Ten who want to be here. We replaced Nelly, beefed up defensive line, and 
We added only two compensatory free agents, Unique and Solomon, and we lost five compensatory free agents, Nelly, Booker, Collins, Tack, and Harris. Most compensatory picks a team can get is five. We still have potential of losing more compensatory free agents, Riddick, Beasley, Carrier, McMillan, and Worley. Well, now Riddick and, uh, and Carrier are back in the mix. These may be late six or seven round picks, but there is a plan. Stay the course, let Mayock and his scouting team, which is one of the best in the NFL, work their magic and rebuild the depth on his team. Your thoughts, Q, is always just win, baby. And... Yeah, I mean, I can see what you're you're coming from and the angle you're coming from. Um, I, like Trent Brown, they were able to trade, and that's a 2022 draft pick. Cool, Hudson. I think that was a real good save that they were able to get a third round pick out of him, and Jackson a fifth round pick. You knew there was a reason why they were holding on to Gabe as long as they were. So that was good that they ended up turning nothing into something. Third and fifth round pick in 2021. That's really good. And. You're right. The Raiders haven't had compensatory picks in a while. They can get some compensatory picks. I'm talking about building this team for this year. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to see this team built this year. They've got to figure out a way. This is what I mean when what's the vision? What's the vision on how to get to the playoffs this year? I like additions of of uh, Kenyon Drake. I think that that's great. I, I love the addition of Unique Ngakwe. I like the fact a lot that all these contracts are one- or two-year deals. I don't want to see these big four- or five-year deals. Just one- or two-year deals. Make these guys earn their money, continue to make them hungry, and want to go out there and ball out. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. So if they can show the vision on how they're going to get to the playoffs, because there's, not a, there's no excuses on why they don't make it to the playoffs, and that's what we said last year. No excuses not to make it to the playoffs. Well, they really don't have any excuses. They've got to make it to the playoffs. Raider Nation needs a trip to the postseason. I'm sorry. They've got to get there. So they still have a lot of work to do. It's starting to turn the corner and look like they're starting to build some things up, but they've still got a lot of work to do. They still got to finish off the free agency period, and then they've got to cash in on the draft. And then they got to have guys that are on the roster step their game up. Talking about Arnett talking about Henry Ruggs III, talking about all these guys, Trayvon Mullen from a couple seasons ago. I mean, all these guys, Foster Moreau, he's got to come back strong. Max Crosby's got to come back stronger than he did last year. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have got to step their game up. Cleve Farrell still has got a lot of way to go. There's a lot of guys that need to look in the mirror, including the head coach of John Gruden, and say, hey, I've got to be better this next season to get this team to the next level, which is the playoffs. So thank you so much for that text. Appreciate you, as always. One more for the night, and uh, that's a call from Joe in KC. He's calling in to talk about the moves the Raiders have been making this week, including the signing of Kenyon Drake. Here he is, Joe in KC. What up, Q? This is Joe, formerly at KC, currently at ATL. Uh, just wanted to talk about some of the moves that we've been making this week, man. Uh, I feel like we have accumulated talent, but I am a little bit worried about um, our coaching particularly on the, the offensive end. Um, I like this uh, Kenyon Drake signing. I think that he'll be able to do what we tried to draft um, a homeboy for, the guy out of Kentucky. His name is Lamont right now. But um, I, I respect the fact that they said, you know what, we're not going to try to go the rookie route. We're going to go to a proven guy who already knows how to do it. And I think he'll be able to play that role. Uh, so, um I'm believing in, in Gruden and his, you know, master playmaking or play creating. I'm going to say that, you know, he's going to play that, that, that joker position. And there's a whole section of the playbook just for that type of player. And last year we just didn't have it. I like the fact that we're going to have a lot more um, explosive players on our offense. So we won't get like really banged up, um, you know, just, just kind of playing in that little box that we normally uh, have been playing on. So I, I would like to see us do that. And um, 
also going to a zone blocking scheme. I, I think that that's going to help out a lot too. So, uh, yeah, this time I want to talk about the offense. Uh, defense, it is what it is until we get to see it. All right, Joe, great to hear from you, my man. And, and the guy you were talking about was Lynn Bowden Jr. That's the dude from Kentucky that the Raiders drafted in round three, never played. They traded him to Miami. And, yeah, I think Drake is going to absolutely play that part. He's going to be, like John Gruden said, the Joker. That's what the Joker was supposed to be, Lynn Bowden Jr. He was supposed to be that Joker guy uh, for for the Raiders in 2020. He never made it onto the field for the silver and black. He ended up uh, in Miami. And so, I mean, it is what it is. We'll see. But I, I'm excited about it as well, like I documented in, in segment number two. Too, man. I'm just, I think that it's a good one-two punch because you really don't have any drop-off. That's the biggest thing. If Jacobs is out of the game, you still have a very competent back in Kenyon Drake. And if Drake's out of the game, you have a really good running back in Josh Jacobs. And it's going to help stay fresh. It's going to help these guys stay healthy. Uh, and they, they're both capable of going for 1,000 yards in a season. So that, that's something that excites me. Uh, I love to see the running game be successful. John Gruden wants to use the running game to be successful. And now he's got multiple backs to be successful with. So yeah, very much so. Think that that's some some good stuff. So appreciate the call. That's all I got time for on today's show and the rest of the week. Uh, still got a call from Jordan in Oregon. Got a text from Big O in Arizona. A call from Chris in Oklahoma by way of the 209. Got to get to those, and we'll do that on Monday's show. Uh, Raider Nation, enjoy the weekend. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news and notes that roll out that we'll be talking about on Monday. Uh, of course, we'll have uh, more calls and texts right off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a whole lot more to talk about as this uh, this offseason, now free agency and well actually it's not even off season anymore it's a new league year uh this new league year rolls on uh, the month of march is flying by before you know it we'll be talking about the nfl draft and then the draft will be here so very excited about that raider nation stay healthy stay safe all weekend long keep obi-wan raider in spring texas keep him in your prayers uh, if you want to go check out uh, his wife on twitter mr mrs jordan 2 at mr mrs jordan 2 uh, they have a, a gofundme page or a gofundme account on her twitter page you can go check Check that out. I've retweeted it before as well on my Twitter page at your boy Q254. I know a lot of folks have uh, reached out, like Selena and the OC, brother Marquise in the 305, right in Miami one time. He's he's reaching out, trying to make sure that uh, he can help out with the the GoFundMe. And so anyone who can go check out Mr. Mrs. Jordan two on Twitter. That's at Mr. Mrs. Jordan two on Twitter. And uh, if you can contribute, go ahead to on that GoFundMe. It's right there on her Twitter page. So uh, until Monday, Raider Nation, stay safe, wash your hands, social distance, take. Take care of yourself, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.